you loved us before time began. You knew each and every one of us. You love us. Help us to just stand up in that truth, Lord. You're always there, always willing, always forgiving. We love you, Lord. Pray that you would just bless everyone here, Lord. Bless Pastor Steve as he brings this message to us this morning. Help, him to, help us to apply it to our lives, Lord. It's in your precious name we pray this morning. I have a picture that I'm sure everybody will recognize, and if you go anywhere in the world and you see this picture, you will know what it is. What do you think it is? If no matter where you go in the world, if you order French fries, what are you expecting? You're expecting whatever it is that you would get right here in Pittsburgh. Now, you might have to pay for ketchup in other countries. I know some, some countries do that. Um, sometimes the names are a little bit different. But why is it that you can go anywhere in the world and expect the same thing from McDonald's. See, there's a special power that's being employed in that. It's a powerful quality that ensures the outcome that you hope for. And it's not just important in the food industry, it's important in a lot of other things. And it's this, the power of consistency. McDonald's and others like it have perfected consistency so that no matter what you order here, if you were to go to the middle of nowhere and there was a McDonald's, you would get basically the exact same thing and it would taste the same way and it would evoke those same memories in you. Consistency is important, obviously, in the food industry. It's also important in the food we eat. There are certain foods we don't like because of their consistency. I'm not a fan of cottage cheese just because I don't like the consistency. I know it's good for me, but I don't like the consistency. If your bread has the wrong consistency and you try to bake it, it will taste horrible. If your pudding has the wrong consistency, throw it out. Consistency is very important. You might think about consistency in the various parts of your life too, especially in some of the things that you've had to do through the years, the jobs that you've been at, and there are certain things that you need to get really good at to be consistent in, especially if you're working with a team, because consistency matters. And consistency doesn't just happen by accident. Consistency is also what I would think, what I would call a spiritual superpower. It's a superpower that, thank goodness, is not based on our appearance, our background, or our education. Now that is definitely some good news, because it means that this superpower is actually available to anyone. And it has the potential to change the very outcomes of your life. 
The problem is, is that most of us are terribly inconsistent in different ways. Maybe we have seasons where we're pretty good, but overall we tend towards inconsistency. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And if you find yourself having good intentions but inconsistent follow-through, then know that you are not alone. I'm with you, and even more important, there's a person in the Bible who's with you as well. In fact, the person who wrote a lot of the New Testament battled inconsistency himself. In Romans 7, Paul said this, Sin uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. The trouble, and remember this is Paul writing, is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. Anyone identify with that at different points? For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I resonate with these verses a lot, and I know a lot of you do too. Paul is sharing his very human struggle with inconsistency. So if you relate to that, then today is for you. If you know that consistency matters and you're tired of merely having good intentions, the equivalent thoughts and prayers, yet you fall short again and again, then I hope that today speaks to you. I know it does for me. We're in the third week of a series about focusing on making better decisions and working to improve the outcomes in our lives. Making decisions that will help us honor the Lord in what we do and say and think and how we live. And last week, if you weren't here, we talked about instead of being unprepared or unaware, which derails our decisions, we focused on a commitment to instead be ready. Why? Because there is an enemy in this world who is ready and does tempt us and attack us, especially where and when we are weakest. So readiness was last week. This week, instead of inconsistency, we want to be people who can confidently learn to say, I am consistent. But you cannot do this on your own. So we say, with God's help, I am consistent. Or certainly, I want to learn to be consistent. So let's take a look at the Bible to see why this matters and then offer, we'll offer two ideas about how we can grow in our consistency in a way that honors God. We're going to be looking at the Old Testament first this morning. That's our primary story for today. Daniel chapter 6. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. You can use, uh, we have Bibles over there on the table, or you can pull it up on your phone. And we're using Daniel because Daniel was one of the most consistent people in the Bible. Almost irritatingly so, if I'm honest. Morally, relationally, spiritually, consistent in his leadership, consistent in the way he 
interacted with people that were very different from himself. And to paint the picture for us, the Babylonian Empire destroys Jerusalem in 586 BC. They raise Jerusalem to the ground. They tear down the temple. They burn the city down. But there are still plenty of people living in the land, scraping out a living, just like today. Eighteen years later, the Babylonians return with a small contingent, and they take many of the young boys, around 12 years old, captive. All of the youngsters that have grown up. And what do they do? They deport them back to Babylon, and they begin to indoctrinate them. You're going to learn to eat our food. You are going to learn how we think, our values. You are going to be educated in our ways so that you will be useful to our empire and maybe even become future leaders. It was a whole program. And among them, Daniel stood out. He rose quickly through the ranks. And eventually the king of Babylon, the most powerful person in the known world at this time, took notice of him. I'm sure God had something to do with that as well. But the king of Babylon takes notice of this and actually promotes David, I mean Daniel, and makes plans for him to actually be the administrator over the entire empire of Babylon. Daniel, a young guy, among the best and brightest that were still living in the land and had been deported to a foreign land. What do you think this did to those officials that were already there? This did not sit well with them. Who is this guy that's going to take my place? That's my spot, my job. So some of the other Babylonian officials, they started to look for anything that they could dig up on Daniel. Dirt that would stain his reputation. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. They searched. They probably combed through his old social media postings. They were looking, is there anything that would cancel him? They probably called up his ex-girlfriends, give us the dirt. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Instead, what did they find? They found that he was always faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. See what I said about almost irritatingly so? This is almost an impossible thing to live up to. And yet this is what they found in Daniel. That's a powerful trifecta of qualities if ever there was. But certainly no superhero, Daniel did develop in these ways. How do you think he developed in these specific ways? With God's help, he was consistent. So Daniel's enemies thought, well, the only way we can get to him is to attack his commitment to God. So they go to the king, and they butter up the king a little bit. They stroke his ego. They say, long live the king. You are the greatest. You are the most powerful. We've got a great idea for you. Since you are the goat, we want you to pass a law that anyone who prays to anyone else or any other God, that that's illegal for the next 30 days. And if they do, 
you have to throw him into the lion's den. The king was sufficiently buttered up by this moment. His ego was stroked and he said, wow, that sounds like an awesome idea. I trust your judgment. He passes the law and it became so. What do you think Daniel did in that situation? Verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, i.e. prayer closet, for those of you that remember that term, with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had always done, giving thanks to his God. As usual, just as he had always done. If that's not consistency, then I don't know what is. When those jealous leaders found out, they were probably waiting, you know, lurking, just waiting to catch him. And they found out that Daniel disobeyed the law. They go to the king and they snitched on him. And the king didn't want to follow through. He liked Daniel. He was promoting Daniel. Daniel was someone he could rely on because he was consistent. So the king actually tries to find a way around the law, but when he signed the law, it was binding even for him. So he reluctantly orders that Daniel be thrown into the lion's den. And this is what he says to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. The king of Babylon is saying this. Probably as far from the Lord God as possible, yet open to the Lord God's power. That night, God sent an angel to close the mouth of a lion. And what happened when they lifted Daniel from the den the next morning? It says, not a scratch was found on him. Why? For he had trusted in his God. The question for us, when did Daniel learn to trust God? When did Daniel learn to trust his God? Because it wasn't in the lion's den. It was on his knees in his prayer closet. It's where he developed a trust in God so that when the moment mattered and the fear was in front of him and the mouth of the lion was close by, he already knew what would happen. And he knew what he had already decided. He had a faith that was built on his knees, that was able to confront the fear of the lion. All those days and months and maybe even years, on his knees, alone, upstairs, in his room, praying to God. So how do we grow in our consistency? How can we learn and practice this? I want to offer two thoughts today. The first one is this. Find your why? Find your why. There's a 
guy in the business world, his name is Simon Sinek. Some of you may have even have read his books or heard some of him speak. He has a book called Find Your Why, and also another book called Start With Why. And he has a drawing, very simple, that he has called the Golden Circle. And he works with a lot of organizations, but he also works with leaders, and I think that this stuff also applies to individuals as well. He says, most organizations actually know what they do. Some understand how they do it, but few know why they do it. If you are working for Ford Motor Company, you know that you sell vehicles, but why do you sell vehicles? You even know how you sell vehicles. You utilize a whole network of people across the country to sell your vehicles, but why are you selling vehicles in the first place? This understanding, I think, is really important for us as well, because if we want to become more consistent, then we must discover the ultimate reasons that drive us. If we look at Daniel's example, we know what he did. What did he do? He prayed. We know how he did it. He prayed upstairs in that room three times a day. He organized himself so that he was facing towards Jerusalem because that helped him, I guess, be closer to God. But why? Do you think he did it? Why did Daniel do this? I think it's because his heart was devoted to God. And over time, he had learned to depend on God to sustain him in that place of exile, in a strange place where he didn't fit in at first, His heart was devoted to God. And because of that, God honored his consistent devotion over and over again. Why do you think Daniel was able to climb so high in Babylon? Not just because of his own ability. He was actually given special ability by God to do so. Do you know this is why so many of our resolutions fail? We might know what we desire to do, or even how to do it. But do you know that desire is not strong enough to sustain you? It ebbs and flows. You need something more than that. And that is a compelling why that will actually draw out your devotion and help you to develop consistency. If you don't know why you want to do something or change something, you probably won't stay consistent at it. That's why diets, I don't like them, especially the restrictive kind. They don't work. Because losing weight, for me, is not a compelling why. It has to be something more than that. Those of you that have struggled with addiction or you have family members, you know how hard it can be to be consistent. There has to be that deep-seated why that drives you. So right now, where do you want to be more consistent in your life?
Maybe you want to be closer to God. Maybe you want to have a happier marriage or be more financially stable or quit a particular habit. So the question to ask yourself is why? There's a reason that January 1st resolutions don't work very well. Because we already know what we should be doing, but it's not compelling enough to start before January 1st. If you go to your doctor in October and your doctor says, if you don't change this, you're going to die, you don't wait until January 1 to make the change. You actually have a compelling reason already to start. If you want to be closer to God, maybe that's where you want to be more consistent. You might think, well, the reason is because I think that's what church people are supposed to do. And guess what? That's a great desire, but it's not really a compelling why. Maybe you need to be honest and go a little deeper. Why do you want to be closer to God? For instance, maybe it's because you're sick and tired of being attacked and the devil distracting you and you want your family to know God's grace and goodness by what they see in you. That sounds like a much more compelling why to me. A compelling why that will drive your devotion. If your thing is related to your physical health, why? What's the thing that's driving you? Maybe you want to be around for your loved ones and continue to be able to pour into their lives. You start with finding your why. But what then? After you have some kind of compelling why, and that's the question I really encourage you this week, the one area that you really want to grow in consistency is why do you want to do that? Once you have that why, then what? I would say this. When you find your why, you'll find a way. Because when you have a compelling reason, that is a huge motivator, at least to start. This is that part of the circle, the how and the what. You see, Daniel was far from his homeland, but he found a way to stay devoted, even, a place, even in a place that was hostile to the Lord God. He developed a routine, a place, an orientation of his body to face towards Jerusalem. He developed a regular practice. And just like brushing your teeth, after a while, it's a lot easier to be consistent with that. You know what happens when you stop brushing your teeth after about three days? It's harder to restart. You have to, yeah, you've got to start again and you've got to like get back on the wagon. Now, it's easy in this story to highlight Daniel and say, wow, what a great guy. What a consistent guy. Man, I'd love to be like that. But do you think that he ever missed one of his prayer times? It doesn't say it in the Bible, but that's a question I want to ask you. Do you think Daniel ever missed one of his prayer times? I think he did. You want to know why? Because he's human. And I know I have. And I'd like to think that I'm just as human as Daniel, just as human as you. So if you're seeking perfection in this consistency, prepare to be disappointed and discouraged. Because you're not trying to seek perfection. 
Consistency is very different than being perfect. And it's that illusion of perfection that often will keep us from getting started. We say things like, well, I'm never going to be good at it, so I'm not even going to try. Understand that you're going to stumble. Why? Because you are human. You're going to eat wrong. You're going to oversleep. You're going to miss the workout. You're going to buy something dumb. You're going to look at things you shouldn't. You're going to mess up your streak in Duolingo. And you're even going to miss a day in your Bible reading plan. But don't give up. If you miss one day, don't miss two. Start small. Start consistently. Do you know that this even includes following Jesus? Sometimes I hear things like, well, if I follow Jesus, what if I mess up? What if I cuss or flip somebody off or do something I shouldn't? And you know what? The truth is you probably will at some point, unless you are an angel, but I'm sure you're not. But don't let that stop you from starting or getting back on the horse and riding again. Don't let perfection or failure stop you from getting on your way. You see, Daniel learned to pray consistently, but he also learned to love the process of spending time with God. It actually developed his faith to, in a way that actually made him want to continue. Just like when you start to see some small wins or some small gains in your life, isn't that kind of, it's almost contagious. It's intoxicating. You want more of that once you get that momentum going. Don't forget that the journey, how you're walking, can be just as important as the destination in this. When the Apostle Paul revealed in Romans 7, I don't even understand myself. It's one of, it's one of the favorite lines that I have in the Bible because it's so human. Thankfully, though, he didn't stop there or give up. He actually asks a rhetorical question a few verses later. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? In other words, who will free me from inconsistency? And the answer he gives is the very next verse, verse 25. Thank God the answer is in who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why we started by saying, it's not just saying, I am consistent. We start by saying, with God's help, I am consistent. So my friends, where is God calling you to be consistent? Where is God actually inviting you to grow in consistency? Maybe it's just one area. You might have a lot of areas, but... I would encourage you, if you try to tackle everything all at once, you're going to be disappointed. Maybe choose one. Take a moment to open yourself to hear, what is the Spirit stirring in my heart? You might even want to close your eyes and offer a simple prayer. God, where do you want me to be or become consistent? Some of you I know already know because you've been thinking about it this morning. Don't worry, I daydream too. So for you, it's about taking the next step. Leaning in to find what's your compelling why. If you already know where you want to grow in consistency, what's your why? Why do you want to do that? 
That deeper reason is what's going to motivate you to start and then continue to push on further. And maybe it's going to take you a moment to develop a plan, and maybe you're going to need some help. What do you think some of the people in this room are here for? Brothers and sisters here to help you. Companions on the journey. Three times a day, Daniel committed to seek the Lord. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens through consistency. And the great news is that as soon as you honor God today by committing to grow in this way, you've actually already had the first win because you started. Let's pray. God, I encourage you to speak this morning. Will you help us, Lord? Help us to keep going with your help. Soften our hearts so that we are open to hear what the Spirit speaks to us. God, help us to overcome our inconsistency by empowering us with your word and your help and your ability to do what we cannot do on our own. God, bring people around us who can help keep us accountable and encourage us and walk beside us. God, I pray that for each one of us here today, you would help us understand what is our compelling why in the area that we want to grow in. Help us to trust you that you've got it under control. Help us to trust you for the results and to continue to walk with us on this journey. God, will you receive all glory and honor and praise as we do what you call us to do with your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we can be super grateful for that because even more than Daniel, we have one who is way more consistent than Daniel ever was, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So as you prepare to go now, go now in his power and by his spirit to love one another, to love God, to serve in this world. Go in peace. Amen and amen. Hold on.